Welcome to The Thriving Marriage, the podcast for those who want to get their spouse back in love with them and truly thrive. You'll learn why 95% of people don't save their marriage and the secret method no one else is talking about that will change everything for you. Are you ready? 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 Let's Let's turn turn tragedy tragedy to to triumph. triumph. Here are your hosts, international marriage experts, Mark Johnston and Heather Choate. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Thriving Marriage Podcast. My name is Mark Johnston. I'm going to be here just on my own today without Heather. Um, She had to step out. But I'm really excited to be able to share this topic with all of you today. Um, Today, we are going to be discussing how to have your spouse chase after you, even if they're wanting out. Now, I know that Honestly, I think that's what everyone wants, um, even no matter what the relationship is like. my the, the way I see a lot of things is everyone wants to be desired. Everyone wants their partner to chase after them. Uh, and I think a lot of people who are exiting out of a relationship, they, a lot of times what that is about is them, this person exiting out, they're just trying to find that within somewhere in some relationship but we can get you from this point where your partner's on the fence about things and possibly considering wanting out to chasing after you so if you want to hear about that keep up or stay stay with me for a bit Uh, but before we get to that we always share a, a client win of the week this is from a um one of one of our audience members who is actually just messaging us um, they were, I, I always really appreciate these kind of messages, guys. It really helps me to keep going. It was someone who had purchased one of our courses and just wanted to message and express some things. This person said, the our, our PATH course helped me to save my marriage. So I'm trying to keep working on it and doing everything that I can. This person goes on and says, hey, your program and the videos that you provided were the reason I was able to save my marriage. And I'm going to say, I. to me, that's that's really, it's it's touching to hear that we have had that kind of impact on, on someone's life. Now, I will admit that, you know, I think our, our courses are pretty good. And I also recognize that some, well, even maybe many cases, need a little bit of extra help. So if you're really not sure whether you can get things rolling, or if you're not sure if you want to invest fully into one of our programs, I think, you know, going into, you know, one of our video courses is a good place to start with all of that. We have a lot of good tips and um, good direction on how to turn a relationship around. Um, In preparing for today's topic, we did ask you some questions. And we always kind of tie these questions into the podcast as well. So the question this last week was, how resistant is your spouse to working on the marriage? Scale of one to 10. Why why do you see see that? And um, we saw a a whole bunch of different responses from all of you. I am, I I think some people might have been misunderstanding the, the question because some people are saying minus one or zero and please help me you know, like we're looking at the amount of resistance and whatnot, but it seems like a lot of people um, are seeing that there is a lot of resistance within the the relationship. 
I see some people even go into size 12 or 10. I, and at the same time, I'm seeing most people commenting with some like comments saying that they don't really understand how to get around this. People saying that she won't talk to me at all. I have no idea what's going on. Why do I feel like I'm chasing a ghost? Um, there's no ability to reconcile at this point, like lots and lots of people seeing so many obstacles. And I understand that that can feel really daunting. I was just talking to a client the other day and, and they came to me and they were saying, my husband, he's telling me that he's done and I don't see any way around it. And they, they came to me, you know, we'd only spoken a few times and they were already ready to, to put in the towel. And I've, I found this really, well, I, I understood where this, this woman was coming from. And at the same time, I, I found it somewhat surprising. You know, a lot of these situations where there is a lot of resistance, this isn't a, um, this isn't a scenario where a few conversations are going to turn it around. And a highly resistant spouse, you know, on the surface, I, I, I know for a lot of people, looks like a scenario that can't be fixed. And yet, there are, we have so many stories of people turning this very same situation around and getting to that point where their partner is actually interested in them and their partner is wanting to come back. So even though we see a lot of you feeling like there's a lot of struggle here, a lot of resistance, I want to let you know that there is a, there are paths through that. And whereas it doesn't seem like there are any solutions, there there are it just it's hard to see it when you're here kind of wading through the weeds here and that's why we sometimes have the topics like the one that we are having today like how do we actually get from that point where there's a ton of resistance to this point where your partner is chasing after you now i i'm going to tell you all i do think that there is a lot of detail in this and this is not a hey one two three step process and like a a week's worth of effort and then you're done that's not that's not how you get there if your partner is putting up a ton 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 of resistance and they're saying no 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 i'm not going to talk with you i'm not going to interact with you that's that's a difficult point to start from and just going to put it bluntly there has to be some measuring of your expectations but if you do want to get to there, I, I do have some, some thoughts on that. So, like I said, I think the, the, the topic of today is how do we get your partner to chase after you? And I'm gonna say that you're, a, lot of, a lot of you are going about this either in the wrong order or with the wrong sort of thinking. Um, almost everyone that comes to me, they say, okay, I want my partner to want the relationship again. They, I want them to chase after me. And they say, I've tried solving their problems and their concerns and it just doesn't do anything. And I wanna correct you all on this. Your, um, your husband, your wife, your partner, they're not gonna chase after you just by solving problems. I will say this time and time and time again, simply an absence of problems doesn't make for an amazing relationship. 
Think about all the many relationships where you don't have problems, right? Um, maybe you don't have a whole lot, but you know, I can certainly think of many in my life where I don't have problems, but it doesn't necessarily make that relationship amazing. It's not that I'm like so uh, drawn into you know, being with you know, being around these other people just because there's no problems. No, if, if you actually want an amazing relationship, if you want um, those relationships to be drawn to you, those relationships all stem from how fulfilling the relationship actually is. And I think a great place to evaluate this um, is considering emotional needs. Now, if you've been listening, if you've been listening for a long time or any amount of time, you, you may have heard me talk about this specific concept. And I always like to give credit where credit is due. So this specific thought, it comes from a woman, her name is Chloe Madonna's. And I, I believe she works with a guy named Tony Robbins. I think that's the Madonna, or Robbins Madonna's, Madonna's Robbins, can't remember the Institute. So like she has some credibility, like it, a lot of people recognize that name, Tony Robbins, but yeah, I, she's the one kind of behind a lot of his thinking, I believe. Anyways, um, she talks about six basic emotional needs, and I I like this categorization. I think it I think it hits spot on, and really encompasses a lot. So these needs are connection. It's this is like a sense of belonging and a sense that I can, it, it like it feels good to be around someone. A need for certainty. Sometimes this is described as security or comfort or stability. A need for uncertainty. Sometimes this is described as a need for variety or fun or challenge. Um, a need for significance. This is sometimes about feeling respected, feeling heard, feeling like you matter, feeling like what you want matters to other people. And I'll tell you, I, I see problems with that a lot when marriages are, are declining. Uh, fifth up, we have needs for growth. Like do things continually feel better or that they are have some possibility of being better? And lastly, we have contribution, as in do the things that I do actually matter uh, beyond myself? It's been kind of put out there that the more of these needs that are fulfilled within a relationship the better that relationship is, and the more that a, an individual will chase after that relationship. I would even, I would adjust that a little bit. I would say more so than just um, having support and opportunities created, um, I, I'm gonna rephrase that, more than just having opportunities for these needs to be fulfilled, I think that there's so much more of a need for these needs to feel supported, that there's more opportunities given by being in a relationship. I can tell you, like, you know, there's people in my life that I'm automatically a little bit more drawn towards. And do you know why? It's because they they create more opportunities for me. And, you know, hopefully I, I, <laughs> I hope to uh, have those opportunities reciprocated so that it's a, a beneficial relationship. You know, with my wife, these might be needs for feeling connected and feeling like anything that I can tell her, she's going to keep that between her and I. 
like that the feeling that she that I matter to her like so I'm very drawn to my wife because many of these needs my wife creates more opportunities I would say that for me and my wife my wife was the one that pushed me towards building a business and really helped me to experience that growth she is the one that helps me to push me towards having some more uncertainty and just taking some chances in life and you know in my own marriage with my wife Jen um we we try to provide for each of these needs but there's some that one of us provides better than the other you know certainly I think in in my own relationship I I provide a lot more of that stability and certainty and I um I really make sure to emphasize that my wife feels significant and heard, that what she wants matters to me. And so we, we tend to put some focus on some of these needs or others. But the when it, it really comes down to that one idea is that we chase after those relationships that provide more opportunities for these needs to be met. I had a client that came to me and they said, okay, my my wife, she's not feeling heard. So she's pulling away. She's considering divorce. And I said, okay, well, what have you done? What have you done about this? He says, well, I tried solving this. And I said, okay, well, you can come and talk to me. And she won't talk to me. And I told her that, you know, you know, what is it that you want? You want to, uh, like, he knew that she was stressed from work what you want to work less fine well, you can you can work less he was coming about this and being like okay what is this problem that i can solve meanwhile like a, i think a lot of what was going on in that relationship was that his wife it wasn't about him showing up and solving that one problem in that one moment it's how much opportunity does her husband my client provide for her to feel like she matters like does she have to fight for that does she have to really push for that a whole lot and it began to wear on her when she felt like she had to keep fighting for some of these needs we can even apply this to other non-romantic relationships um you know within my family structure you know i try to make sure that I'm mindful of these different things with my kids. And I would say that because of that focus, you know, I would say my my relationship with my even even teenage children is par- fairly solid. They all feel like they what they want matters and that I have some time to connect with them and that I provide a stable environment. But even my friends, you know, the the friends that I choose to really focus on are people that provide for some of these needs. You know, like those friends that are going to engage and invite me to the activities that I'm interested in really provides for that need for uncertainty and fun and variety. And so I keep engaging in those relationships. So we look at this and we say, hey, here is a model for most any relationship and how we make those relationships so strong that the other person wants to comes after us Um, and over and over again it comes down to these sort of principles and if you think about it it's probably the same in the relationships that you chase after you know after all i mean yes 
most people are going to maintain some amount of connection with their parents. But I would say a lot of times, if you have a good relationship with your parents, it's probably because they really help with some of these with some of these needs. I know I have a good relationship with my parents, and I, I part of that is is I know if I go to them, you know, I know my dad really provides this sense of stability in my life if I go and talk to him, and my mom really makes sure that you know when I go to her, she makes it, me feel like I matter. And so like recognizing this and why we are attracted to different people in different ways really helps us turn that around and say, well, why, what is going on in my romantic relationship? What is going on in my marriage? And well, um, and this is where we get into a lot of the obstacles because a lot of you are coming at this and you're saying, okay, hey, I would like to do this. I would like to provide for these needs within my marriage, but at this point in the game, my husband or my wife or my partner has shut me out. And there's reasons for this. I, I would say that, you know, within a marriage, it's a, tr it's a tricky situation. We, we go into marriages because they feel fulfilling. I would say, Almost universally, I'm not going to say in all cases, but in many cases, people decide to get married because at some point or another, they say, this relationship is fulfilling in some ways. And almost universally, we see that um, after a little bit of time, these relationships begin to feel a little bit complacent. Things start to feel a little old or there's not as much effort put into the relationship. Um, I think a, for a lot of couples, especially if this is your first marriage and you've gotten married a little bit young, a lot of this centers around having children. A lot of this centers around growing careers and other responsibilities needing your attention. So it's, it's easy for things, for the fulfilling of needs to get out of practice. I spoke with a gentleman um, a, little bit, a little bit ago and he was talking to me about how he and his wife work opposite schedules and they have three young kids and that things are, have, got, be gotten a, have gotten a little bit rocky. Well, no wonder. It's hard for that relationship to feel fulfilling when all these other things are grabbing at our attention and are saying, please focus on me, please fulfill my needs. And it becomes easy to put less focus on the marriage. I think a lot of us perhaps erroneously believe that our marriage will be there. It will always be there. It's the stable thing. So I can, I can give it a little bit less attention here or here. I don't need to put in as much effort there or over on this spot over here. And so it's easy then for there to be less opportunities for these needs to be fulfilled. And by focusing on these short-term squeaky wheels, these short-term problems, these short-term needs within our lives for career and, um, and kids and whatnot, it means the long-term relationship with our, our spouse starts to deteriorate. And once again, less opportunities for needs to feel supported. A uh, long time ago, you know, my, so my wife and I, we've been married now 18 years. We celebrated our 18th anniversary in, in July, not too long ago. 
uh, I want to say that this is probably a good 10 or more years ago. My wife, Jen, and I were kind of at that point and things were feeling a little bit rough and we're, there wasn't as much focus. We, um, there's so many other things pulling at our attention. And these were important things. These things were kids and, you know, going for a graduate degree and all sorts of other things. So legitimate needs within our life that needed our attention. Uh, and we let that go for probably a couple of years, uh, so much business. And we got to this point where we said, you know, this doesn't feel as fulfilling anymore. It's harder to muster a lot of effort into the relationship because it's just, there's not a whole lot there. And we had to, we had to look at that and say, you know, is it worth doing something different? Now, luckily, I think one of our superpowers here that Jen and I have is we're, we're able to talk about things and we're able to really um, be comfortable with feedback. And that, I would say, beyond anything else, has probably saved our, our marriage many, many times. But uh, we looked at that and we said, okay, we need some guards in place to protect some of these needs for our relationship. And so we started to push out other important things. We started saying, hey, kids, um, you know, after 8 p.m., we're not your parents anymore. You need to be in bed. Our kids were younger at that time. They weren't staying up as late. And so we had a lot more time in the evening to be around each other. We said, okay, it's important that we get out on date nights. Great. My wife, it was really important to her that we would get out on these adventures on the, the weekend. Okay, there was that need for uncertainty and fun and variety. We carved spaces for those things that were important. And we let other things that were less important be pushed aside. This 100% kind of turned things around for, for us. And it allowed us to focus more on the relationship. Now, Mark, you might be saying, okay, I would love to do that. I would love to be able to focus on my relationship. And once again, my spouse won't let me. And that becomes a really difficult thing when the relationship has gotten to this point where there isn't trust enough for our to allow us to be open for the other, our partner to meet our needs. And I think even still, there are avenues through that. There are lots of things that can be done to build up trust. There can be things, you can work on things on a smaller scale and build up to those bigger things that you want. If you're at a point where your partner doesn't allow for dates anymore because there's some boundaries, okay, how do you provide for that sense of connection? How do you provide for that sense of fun and variety in your life that is still acceptable? And these are the kind of questions that you need to ask yourself. It's like, where can I reinforce this need? And this, honestly, I'm going to point out, most of you probably had thought about this early on in the relationship. For most people, they don't start off right off the bat saying, I'm going, you know, first date, I'm going to tell this other person everything. And I'm going to jump right into bed and have this amazing sexual experience and have a lot of fun where I'm going to, I'm going to be this stable, super stable person that's going to take care of everything in their life. We don't jump into the first dates like that. And likewise, if your partner is putting up a lot of obstacles, 
you can't start off saying, I'm going to be your everything. We're going to have amazing connecting sex. We can't start off there. We can't say that you are the most important person in my life and you mean everything to me. If your partner isn't receiving that well, you do need to scale a lot of those things back, much like you would in a new dating experience. So this is this is my thought, and this is how I like to approach things with my clients. And when there is a question of this, and there are some when, when there are avenues to um, give opportunities to meet needs, we say, okay, where can we start? Where is your partner letting you in? How do we reinforce that? How do we make it safe for your partner to receive some <laughs> some fulfillment from you? And we build from there. I'm going to admit that this is a difficult situation. This is not something that we is super easy to just take a look and immediately see what's needed. Uh, and <laughs> that this is exactly why you know why I, I have a business and why I have some services is to be able to help people evaluate these kind of needs. Uh, I'm seeing some comments here, you know, Sarah saying like, hey, yes, we, we have not put the marriage first. We, other things have been put ahead of the marriage. Or Leanne is saying, he just thinks I'm so negative. And those things do need to be addressed. It's really hard to have a spouse that is maybe open to having a fulfilling relationship if if there's all these concerns on the table. So I'm going to admit, this is a complicated situation. It's not as, e like I said, it's not as easy as like one, two, three, boom, 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 and you're done. And now you have a spouse that chases after you. I will say that it's not a matter of just solving problems. And it's not just a matter of allowing, allowing for needs to be met. There is some combination of all of these things that is needed. And there is some need to be mindful of the order that we solve these problems. And there's a uh, there's some need for mindfulness on how we approach this with our partner. Uh, so, and I'm getting other comments from, from people here saying, okay, like, how do I even approach this? I'm being attacked from all these. And I'm just going to say, I'm sorry, but this is a little bit beyond the scope of the topic. Um, and like I said, these are complicated issues. So if this is feeling really complicated, if you're feeling like there, you have a lot of obstacles, um, then I absolutely re recommend that you get someone to help you look at this situation with them. You know, get a professional, someone who specializes in relationships, maybe like us, but I'm not going to say that we have 100% the monopoly on this, but I, I'm going to say I do, we do know what we're talking about here. Um, before we get into our marriage mythbuster, uh, I do want to point out that we do have a workshop opening up on Thursday, and a lot of this is um, we are talking a lot about how do we get things started. Um, basically, you know, we we run these workshops at, at different points because we we want to make sure that we have some more in-depth material available to all of you. Everyone that's needing a little bit extra support, a little bit extra help, but is not quite sure that they want to like dive in and like really dig into the work and get a ton of services. So 
absolutely if you're seeing some complication please check out our workshop that's opening up on Thursday it's uh, absolutely I think we have some really great content there um so like I said check that out uh now we're gonna get move on to our marriage mythbuster segment <laughs> these these comments are uh, these myths that we get we always pull from comments from the audience from things that people have said or even like our experiences with clients these are in my opinion they're unhelpful ways of looking at things sometimes or just you know like ideas that seem to catch on to a lot of people that we i feel like need to be addressed and the one I want to go over today is the idea that my spouse will change if I just give them time. I see this coming up a lot in situations where they say, okay, hey, look, my, my partner's pulling away. It's really difficult. It's And they're not giving me a lot of avenues to work with them. And so you know what? If I just give them some time, they'll sort things out on their own. And you know what? I don't think that's the best way to go about things. Where the Smith is coming from is it's coming from a space of not knowing how to move forward. It's, it's coming from a space of feeling frustrated that other more obvious avenues are being blocked. A lot of people who are saying this are saying, hey, my spouse doesn't really talk with me or, you know, like my partner is putting up some walls and some difficulties. And so they want to grasp onto some sort of solution that says hey you know what they've cooled off in the past maybe that's all they need they just need a little bit of time and they'll, they'll cool off and i'll say that might be true but it's also a mistake most most of the relationships that i look at the ones that i go really into depth in um in my evaluations if the marriage is in crisis we can usually trace it back to some thinking just like this. It's some sort of form of, hey, it's okay if we sweep problems under the rug a little bit. It's okay if I put this off, it will resolve on its own. And why that becomes a problem is because these, these problems don't ever go anywhere. There, there's these complaints and these concerns that come up, and then there's never any follow through. And it may seem on the surface like those get resolved because they go away. They There's less, the, the squeaky wheel stops squeaking. But the reality is that um, over time, a lot of these concerns build up and start to feel unmanageable. And this is, like I said, usually with, when enough of this is happening is the beginnings of a crisis, this sort of mentality. Much better is, you know, if we just adjust this a little slight, uh, just a little bit, this becomes a much better thought. And so, and so the way I would adjust this to really move it into a healthy direction, you might say, hey, my spouse will cool off if I get them, give them some time. And if they were upset, this still needs to be addressed and there still needs to be some follow through. And I know that's not always possible in every single relationship. I know there's a lot of partners out there that refuse to talk about problems. And I'm just going to tell you that is 
generally a relationship that's very ripe for crisis if that keeps on going. But uh, always, always, I, I think that conflict of any significance, concerns of any significance, they do need their they do need time and attention to be resolved. I you know I myself am not one. I I, I don't love that process myself. Uh, my wife doesn't love that process. We don't like a lot of conflict in our relationship. And we've had to push ourselves to making sure that we follow through and that we come to some resolutions when we do have some conflict. And this is partly how we have a relationship 18 years in, uh, four years of dating, 18 years in. So we've been together 22 years now um, where it feels amazing to, to be in the relationship where most days we <laughs> we have comments that say, hey, I'm so glad to be here with you. It's because we don't let these things sit. So that's what I have to say about that. And like I said, make sure that um, that you check out the workshop coming up. Um, as for our, our podcast next week, we're going to be announcing that a little bit later. And I hope you guys keep in touch. So, but because we always have really great content here on, on these these podcasts here. So with that, I'm going to take a brief moment, just make sure I'm checking in on some of the content or the comments. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Leanne, yes, it's not not a bed of roses. Um, Sarah, I'm agreeing with you. Yeah, issues are built up over time. Okay, it sounds like you guys, uh, I'll, I'll get into the comments in a bit, um, but I'll, I'll sit with you guys for a bit in the comments in, in just a moment. So like I said, Thank you all for, for watching. Um, we always do try to engage with our audience when we can. And so it's always a good idea to show up here when you can. Hope to see you all here. Thanks for listening to The Thriving Marriage, your A to Z blueprint for not just surviving marriage, but thriving. Until next time, my friends, thrive on.